Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. This is a special one-year anniversary solo cast where I reflect over the year of enriching conversations, discussing flow, creativity, and my mission to create an anti-burnout healthcare professional. We're going to unpack the three-step method that you can use daily to invite more flow and ease, and then you'll learn my mantra that I stumbled upon only recently when I noticed my own saboteurs popping up again. So buckle up, get your colorful pens, markers, and paints ready, and we are going to color outside the lines. I'm going to dive right in. In fact, I wish they had sponsors that would pay per attempt at recording a solo cast. I think I'm on attempt number 20, which is ironic because it is exactly around the topic that I'm going to weave in and out of this free flow conversation today for our anniversary episode, the topic of momentum, flow, and sabotage. We're all good at it, but we actually aren't listening as well as we think. And I think we can kick off this conversation with a story that is set in 1984. It is a true story. As a fourth grader, I remember sitting at my grandmother's table during a sweltering hot summer, and I was stuck on page 11 in a workbook that she had provided for me all about fractions. You see, my grandmother, a retired teacher, had this wonderful habit of asking my mother, what was the lowest score on my report card? And dutifully, my grandmother would go out and purchase workbooks according to my weakest aspect, which is great, right? I mean, she's trying to make me a better student. She's upholding the core values of education, which is very important in my family. And she had great intentions. But really, who wants to spend a summer doing workbooks, right? When you could be outside running through the sprinklers or riding your bikes. And of course, I'm exaggerating. It wasn't all summer that I was doing fractions. Um, Interestingly enough, I, I lost that workbook multiple times. And, you know, it would take days for me to find it. And uh, my grandmother became a little suspicious after a while. But nonetheless, we did finish that fractions workbook. I soon learned the quicker that I finished something, another task would be in front of me. So I took my time with fractions until the very end. And it was August. School was about to start. She had noticed that my handwriting was getting sloppy and that I was rushing to complete things. She commented, you don't have to be so rushed. Maybe try slowing down. Your E's and your R's are very, very sloppy. And that to me equated to lazy and carelessness. I also had this saying that seemed to pop up, was that the best that I could do? So I became meticulous in my handwriting. Spoiler alert, it is not held after all these years. So if you ever see my handwriting now, it is definitely not as clean as it was in 1984. But the lessons that she was instilling in me was one of intention, diligence, grit, and perfectionism. 
And I know doctors and nurses and PAs, we all have elements of perfectionistic qualities. That's one of the nine saboteurs that we have inside. All of us have all nine, anywhere from restless, victim, hyperachiever, perfectionistic, stickler. All of this is inside. And if you'd like to take the test, it's thepositiveintelligence.com forward slash saboteur. You can find your own top saboteurs and then you can speak to them when you notice that they pop up in your world. And they do have a light and dark side. They can get us to great heights and help us achieve things, but they can also slow down our progress. And we try our best in healthcare, right? Doctors are probably those that did all the extra and stood about uh, above the rest. They're the ones you wanted in the group projects. And unfortunately, this can lend to a very self-critical voice. Is that the best that we can do? When you go home at night and you're charting, is that the best you can do? Of course not. You can always do more. This is the black hole of healthcare. We have to get better at making progress instead of perfection. And slowing down isn't always laudable. Being sloppy, of course, is not something that we need to do, but being intentional with how often we spend our time and energy on a task is important for all of us to level up healthcare and create more flow in our days. It's a fine line between doing a great job versus good enough. And I've used this kind of self-talk with the aha method multiple times in the last six years as I started to study flow and burnout and become passionate in my advocacy to create a world where doctors and nurses understand the cycle of flow and how to invite more ease and efficiency in their days where burnout will always exist in this world. Over the last year, I've had a wonderful opportunity to share conversation with giants in software that have explained the advent of AI, leaders in healthcare that are changing the way we deliver medicine using group models. I've been able to talk to art therapists who explain the imperative need for creative energy in our health. I absolutely love all the conversations I've had. I can't even pick a favorite. I'm a better person and practitioner for it. It makes me feel wonderful to know that these people are out in the world doing their change and trying to level up their missions. But I also know that we all have self-saboteurs, and I'm sure they all have them as well. When I decided to launch a podcast, that decision was several years ago. I got in my own way. I had a hard time envisioning the process, the systems, the workflow that would get behind this mission my mission to eradicate burnout by teaching creative flow. I was having a hard time coming up with how would this podcast work? Who would I talk to? But using the aha method, the three-step method that I'll explain in a moment, I was able to set small achievable goals that are deeply rooted in my anchors, in my values. And I learned how to activate better flow enhancers and remove those flow disruptors. And now a year later, we have a podcast that is growing. And it's basically my selfish excuse just to talk to amazing people. It's gratuitous. Yes, I admit that. But it's also something I think my grandmother would have liked. What I'm doing is good enough. Nope, not perfect. 
and I'm not really trying my best. But nobody wants perfection. We want relatableness. We want humility, authenticity, honesty. And that's what this is. Last week, I held my very first five day Catalyst Symposium bootcamp. It has been something I've wanted to launch for years. I have been researching burnout and flow and creativity since 2017. I researched the intersection of those in how we balance our cortisol, how we can tone our vagus nerve, how we can make better practitioners that are more self-aware with interoception and intuition. I have researched how we can make better decisions using flow, how we can motivate ourselves when times are really dark, and how we can instill a system of prompts, a framework, a method that we can virtually self-coach ourselves through those dark times. And that's what this Catalyst Symposium was about. It was a pilot program. I had put it off for years. I kept thinking, you know, I don't think I have enough research yet. Until I stared at the 17-page cited bibliography, I realized I have enough research. Then I came up with another saboteur. Maybe it's not entertaining enough. Maybe I won't be able to serve everybody. Maybe I started coming up with a list of reasons why it wouldn't work. The tech would be complicated. The price might not be right. I was suffering from the same issues that I help mentor other practitioners about. We, we like to find all the reasons it won't work and let that be the story and the narrative that we're clinging to. And the reason is we want it to be perfect and to be a success. And there is no guarantee. So I took a dose of my own bitter medicine and said, what if I'm doing good enough? And I came up with the mantra, sufficient is efficient. And I told myself that mantra over and over again, is this sufficient? Then it's efficient. And it doesn't mean that I'm lazy or sloppy, or I'm not trying to improve. It just means that I'm moving forward with a good enough mentality which allows me to make time for other things in my life. So I'm not sucked into a vortex of only working on one project. This five-day bootcamp was five hours. Once a day for one hour, we met where I talked about the latest research of flow of burnout. We unpacked the aha method, which is anchor, highlight, activate. It is the retro engineering of the burnout equation. Instead of depersonalization, we anchor into our own personal values and mission. Instead of low perceived achievement, we highlight those milestones and elicit feedback. And instead of emotional exhaustion, we activate state change. We learn about cortisol and parasympathetics. It was named AHA because that is the epiphany of creativity. AHA. It's also the release phase of the flow cycle where we have a burst of nitric oxide and alpha brainwaves come online. So as I'm putting together this five-hour curriculum, I realized my stickler saboteur came up first. My stickler is one for details. I needed to have it exactly how I envisioned it. I would quickly tell that stickler to go have a seat. And then soon the perfectionist would pop up saying, mm, you know, this work represents your mission and your vision. It is exactly who you are. It is a reflection of you. It had better be perfect. So I told that perfectionistic saboteur, have a seat as well. And finally, the restless saboteur came up and said, you need to fix this and this and then this. And it's mostly because of insecurity. When we 
are ready to launch something into the world, we want it to succeed, but also we think of all the ways it won't. So we think by fixing something minute, it might increase the chance of success. And that's not true. What increases success is failing multiple times. So you get the feedback and you can improve. We see this in medical school. How many of us listening have not gotten into medical school or nursing school the first time? And then you try again or residency. Maybe you didn't match the one you wanted or you changed which field of medicine you preferred. And what about careers? You may have started in one career and then moved to another location. Maybe you rebranded, you went independent, or now you're employed. And in my own personal life, I wanted to write a book. I wanted to start a podcast. I wanted to launch this pilot program. All of these ways for me to self-sabotage. So I used my own AHA framework, and I'm going to tell you exactly how it works. I started with anchoring the first step of AHA, which is reflecting, have my values changed? Why was I so nervous about this specific Catalyst Symposium bootcamp? Why? My anchored values are still creativity, play, education, and anti-burnout methods. I anchored into that belief that I wanted to build a life that I didn't feel the need to escape from. And I believe everybody deserves that. I also wanted to uphold the multi-passionate aspect of many healthcare professionals. It wasn't our knowledge of medicine that got us into medical school. That was trained in us. It was the grit. It was the academic rigor, but also it was the extracurricular activities that made us human. It was the dance, the music, the sports, the missionary work, the presidential and political groups that we were involved in student government. It was all these things that made us a compelling and well-rounded candidate. And ironically, those are the very things that get taken off of our priority list when we're in training. I wanted to reignite this vision in all healthcare professionals to anchor back into those values and reassess if they've shifted. It's okay that you are good at many things and you may want to build a life that includes all of these colorful brushstrokes in your masterpiece. For me, my anchored values were the same. My mission has been steadfast. So that gave me confidence to continue building this five-day symposium because even if it was a flop, I still had fun. This is exactly what I want to be studying and promoting. I moved to the second step, which is highlight. And I looked for evidence that what I am doing is making a difference. Burnout happens when you don't feel like you're making a difference. So I reflected back over the last five years and I read old testimonials from surveys that I had given in some of my initial keynotes way back four years ago. And then I reflected on my time with the Flow Research Collective and all the knowledge that I had acquired in flow acquisition training. I reflected on all the modules in high flow leadership where I understood how to help cultures transform into a more flow-channeled and anti-burnout culture. There was evidence all around me that I had done the work, that I am making a difference, that testimonials show that my lectures and my influence is entertaining, is interesting, and is needed. So I also built in ways that I could expect growth by underpricing this initial five-day bootcamp. I didn't want to overpromise. I wanted to underpromise and overdeliver. This gave me more confidence to continue pushing the needle. I started planning for this boot camp last summer and I sequenced with the help of many people on my team 
a funnel, a website landing page, an Eventbrite. I sequence the lecture material, the bibliography. I set small, clear goals. And I also had feedback loops. So I knew that I was gamifying this and I would be propelled forward. I had really amazing people that helped me with a good checks and balance so they could view the blind spots that I may have missed. And together, we moved forward. And finally, activating. Activating that embodied emotional energy, which is the opposite of emotional exhaustion and burnout. I doubled down on my time management techniques. I made sure that I was doubly sure that I had plotted good flow enhancers and removed all my flow disruptors in my days. I was diligent in my calendar planning. And I do offer this in the show notes. If you'd like the time management technique that I use, it's free. There's a sign up in the show notes. I'll make sure it's included. It is how I live my life with the aha method so that all my decisions are very easy and streamlined. I made sure to do extra somatic work with extra sauna time, breath work, yoga nidra. And I was aware of state changes, taking care of emotions as they process through my body from annoyance to excitement to fatigue. I had different tools in my toolbox that would help me rebalance and get back to baseline. I was also aware of how I spent my energy. That is more important than currency is my calendar. So I was aware of my energy cycles and where I had most energy and least. And I did not set myself up for failure by putting my hardest tasks during an energy depleted cycle. Together, the Anchor Highlight Activate AHA method helped me launch that symposium. And sufficient is efficient was the guideline that I will carry forward. It was splendid. I'll be honest. It was one of my favorite things in the last six years since I left my family practice career. The registration was more than I had expected. It had exceeded the number I had hoped. And the conversations we had were authentic and honest circling around burnout and flow and creativity, hearing the testimonials of people immersed in compassion fatigue and burnout, able to find tactical ways to play and invite flow and understand the neuroscience behind it. Their excitement got me excited. Seeing them being inspired to take action helped me realize that this needs to be replicated over and over. In addition, the workbook, which is my favorite, is unforgettable. Pages of activities and art activities, prompts, self-excavating modalities to learn about yourself, it can be replicated over and over. I'm so thrilled and cannot wait to deliver this again in August. My goal is twice a year to open up this five-day virtual boot camp for participants. This curriculum is my core. It is my pilot program. As I hope to unroll this even more intensely as a 12-week curriculum for medical schools and residencies, to walk a little slower, like my grandmother would have said, a little more intentional, maybe less rushed. And we take each of these and expand the curriculum so that we have longer to marinate in the topics. I'm already going to do part of this at my alma mater in a month. I'm hired to give a half-day Catalyst Lab at A.T. Still University, and I can't be any happier. I truly feel that this is one step in the right direction of helping our healthcare practitioners who are suffering from burnout. 
one of the best things is I took a feedback survey before the event actually happened. And commonly people asked, is this just going to be another one of those resiliency trainings? I'm so tired of that. The system is broken. Burnout is here. I don't know how else I can do anything. Please tell me this is not another blowing sunshine up my butt workshop. And the best statements I found repeatedly after the symposium was, oh my goodness, I didn't realize how different this would be. It's such a new take on the neuroscience of burnout. And now I understand ways that I can help myself. Many of them admitted, yes, the system is broken. I can't fix it. Nobody has the magic switch. And it will take decades for it to change. But waiting for the change is not going to serve anybody. So the feedback was positive, saying that the actionable tips shared were inspiring and helpful to all who participated. This one-year anniversary episode is a reflection that we're all doing the best we can. And the advice that I give, which is sufficient is efficient, it's nuanced, just like any advice that we hear. It's nuanced because I don't know who's listening. Sometimes we need to hustle. Sometimes we have to put the nose to the grindstone. Maybe we are a single parent. Maybe we lost our job. Maybe we need to burn the candle at both ends for a while. And there's no harm or shame in that, but it's recognizing that there's a cadence in life, that there is time for rest and time to prioritize the self-care. The nuanced version of burnout is complex. We are losing lives. We are suffering from divorce. We are suffering from jaded, cynical healthcare practitioners that have done their best and their best is still not good enough. And it's no one's fault, but we can all help. And so one final thought is using this mantra in your life as best as you can. Sufficient is efficient. Inviting others to talk about what is meaningful to them. What brings them joy? And scheduling time for that, learning about your own self-care, your own cadence of energy, and honoring those seasons of energy fluctuations. I'm hoping this is the first year of many. I enjoy talking to people and learning about how they use their own creativity in the work that they do. And I'm here for all of the change in healthcare. To dismantle the system is going to take time, but in the meantime, saving everybody else's sparkle is my priority. As we envision a world where burnout will always exist, I want to empower doctors, nurses, and PAs to paint their ideal work-life masterpiece using the shades and colors that are meaningful to them and reigniting their own creative flow. So until next time, keep coloring outside the lines. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. Hey, as a practitioner who suffered from my own burnout, I understand how it feels. Insurmountable. The only thing that you can do to take back your autonomy is time. Getting real about where you spend your time. And cultivating flow can take practice. I've developed a three-step system that you can learn in my AHA Flow-Infused Time Management Guide. This free downloadable guide will help you anchor, highlight, and activate flow channeling methods so you can bend time and find more joy in your day. Go to drlarasalier.com forward slash links and keep coloring outside the lines.